Hi, I'm Megan Brown, teacher and EdTech enthusiast. Thanks for joining me on this journey to learn and share meaningful ways to integrate technology into everyday lessons. So, you want to teach with technology? Let's get started. Hello, fellow educators. Welcome to today's episode, So You Want to Use Google Classroom. Before we get started, I do want to remind you that until the end of March, you still have an opportunity to win a free So You Want to Teach with Technology sticker. All you have to do is either tag at the number two Teach with Tech on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or TikTok and tell me something that you have learned or something that you have enjoyed from any of our episodes. The other option is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of that review, and email me at the number two teach with tech. Either of these options will get you a free So you want to teach with technology sticker that you can put on your computer or other accessories. So back to our episode. Today's episode is so special because we have one of my favorite guests, Robin Sprock. Now Robin currently teaches middle school math and science, and she has a master's degree with a concentration in educational technology. Additionally, she has five years experience using Google Classroom in her own classroom, which is so helpful for today's episode. I'm not going to make you wait any longer, so here we go. Well, Robin, I really appreciate you being on the podcast with me. Hi, thank you. It's nice to be back. Well, good. So in today's episode, I thought we would go through a a couple different things with Google Classroom so we can quickly go over how you get started using it, um, some of the ways you can set up your Google Classroom, um, and then go into the fun part, so some tips and tricks um, that either you have learned through using Google Classroom or I have found via the internet because I have not actually used Google Classroom. (laughs) Um, So to get started, all you need to do is log in using your Google email. Even if you don't have an educator email, you have access to Google Classroom on any Google email address. The next step you'll do is create your classes and add your students. So you can add your students in two different ways. You can send them an invitation to their email or you can have students type in your code. So Robin, do you have any suggestions to teachers which option might be better? Um, I think if you're in person, doing the code is pretty easy because you can just write the code on the board or do something like that. I do think that when you're online, it might be easier just to send them an invitation. It also can depend on if they have like one teacher or multiple teachers. If they only have one teacher, then the code's probably fine. But if they have like five or six classes, it might just be easier to send invites and then they can just click accept all the invites. That's a great suggestion. You might have to do a combination of both too if you're virtual and your students aren't checking their email. Yeah, exactly. I actually had a situation once where the student never accepted the invite. And so I had to, you know, kind of kind of keep bugging her to accept it, but they'll figure it out. 
The last part is you can set up your banner, which will even include a Google Meet link so that students have easy access whenever you're having a live class. And I also learned recently that on your banners, you can even include GIFs, so you can make it so that the banner moves, which looks really cool. Now let's talk a little bit about how Google Classroom is set up. There are three tabs at the top, and the first tab is your Stream tab. In the Stream tab, you can put announcements, things that you want students to read, and you are able to change the settings for who can post and who can comment. So this way you can allow students to post and comment, or you can use it as more of an announcement feature where you can post and students can only view and comment. So it's really flexible to meet whatever your needs are for that stream. The next tab that they have is classwork. And this is probably the one that the students will use the most. So on here is where they would have their list of assignments. And in assignments, there are a couple different options that you can do. So when you create an assignment as a teacher, you can add in links to websites, you can add in videos, and they have a YouTube feature where you can directly type in a YouTube link and attach a YouTube video to your assignment. You can add any documents from Google Drive, whether it's Google Sheets, Google Docs, you can even attach Word documents and things like that. Um, you can also add files. So if you have files on your computer, you can also add those. Um, and then the cool thing with assignments is when you add a Google, like Google Slides, a Google Sheet, or a Google Document, there's a few options you can do. So option one is you can make it where they can only view it. Option two is where you can have one document that everybody can edit. So if you had maybe an all-class thing where everyone's going to edit the same document. The other option is, that the one that I use the most, is you can have it make a copy of, for each student, and it has their name in the title. So let's say you create a Google document quiz, you could have, um, you could click the setting, and every student would get their own copy with their name at the top, and then they can directly edit it, and then you'll have everyone's separate copies. Yeah, I love how it's so flexible to really meet whatever your needs are. Because I know since I teach virtually, there's a lot of times in live lessons where I want everyone on the same document and I want us to brainstorm ideas together. Um, but at the same time, if you're having an actual assignment for students to turn in, having a copy for every individual student is going to be an, an amazing option. And the other thing that it does is when it makes that copy, it automatically makes a folder in the teacher's drive with all of those student copies. So the teacher has access and can see at any time what the students are doing, which is nice. Yeah, I know something that I see a lot on social media right now is teachers expressing frustration over students not sharing assignments with them. So when they go to grade it, they can't actually see it. So it's <laughs> It's so great that Google Classroom eliminates that frustration. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then the next part that's going to be in Classwork is there's another option where you can make a quiz. And when you choose to make a quiz assignment, you're actually making a blank Google form, and it gives you the automatic quiz template. Uh, usually teachers would use this when you want to make an online version of a quiz or a test. So you would create your quiz, and since you're automatically making it in Google Classroom, there's a lot of settings you can use. Uh, you can 
Um, you can do multiple choice questions. You can do short answer questions. And you can put all those in, and it'll automatically give every student their own version of the quiz. Um, there's also an extension where you can write equations, which is really helpful for math and science teachers. Um, instead of having to, you know, use the slash as the division, you can actually make a division problem. So that's really nice. Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love Google Forms. I'm so impressed with all the updates of the quiz feature because it seems like it's so easy now to change the number of points, to change. I know teaching math, it can be so frustrating with extended response questions because there's so many right answers. And so now you're actually able to go in and put in multiple answers, which will save you so much time in grading because it can actually self-grade now more than just those multiple choice questions. Yeah, definitely. So the next thing that is on the classwork page is teachers can also post questions. So this is kind of if you imagine in an online course where you have a forum where the teacher posts a question and then everyone can answer it. So when the teacher posts a question, it shows up on the stream and students answer it directly in Google Classroom. So they would type directly in. And then the teacher can choose to either have the answers only visible to the teacher. So maybe if you're doing a bell work question or a end of the class check-in question and you don't want everyone to see the student's answers, or you can have it where everybody sees their answers. If the answers are shown to the whole class, then teachers can also choose for students to comment and start their own conversations as well. So there's kind of lots of flexibility with questions. Yeah, it sounds like it would be pretty easy to start a nice discussion. And then the last thing that's in classwork is you can also make a material. And I use this a lot as well. So when you make a material, it is basically like posting if you want to post a video or a link, but it's not going to be graded. So you can post videos, Google documents, links, you give it a title, you can write a description, but it's not going to show up in the classwork in terms of in the grade book. It's not going to have a point of value associated to it. So I use this a lot to post review videos or to post links to websites that kids can use, go to resources or any documents like rubrics to things. Um, so it's things that students need and are helpful, but you, that aren't going to be graded. And like handouts, notes, all of that kind of thing is great for the material tab. Yeah, I record a lot of the Google Meets that I have with students, especially if we're going over a particular assignment. So I could definitely see myself using this section to post those recordings in case students weren't able to make it to a meeting. Exactly. I use this a lot because I'm in person. When kids were quarantining, if they weren't able to be live in class and they missed the live session, I also did the same thing where I posted it for them. Awesome. So the next tab in Google Classroom is the People tab. So this will show a list of all of your students. You can also invite parents to link their email to their students' accounts so that you can communicate easily with parents as well. And you can even add co-teachers who will have access to add assignments, to grade assignments, make their own announcements. So they have all those same settings that you do, which would be great, especially if you're working with an intervention specialist. They have complete access to see the grades, to make modifications, and add mo modified assignments to the Google Classroom. I, I also use this a lot because I do have an intervention teacher and a gifted math teacher who work with me. And so they're both co-teachers in my classes and, you know, they'll grade stuff for me. They'll add resources for me. 
if one of them is taking notes, they'll add in the notes for me. So it's a really great feature. Absolutely. The last tab at the far right is going to be the grade tab. And it looks very different on the teacher end and the student end. On the student end, it'll just show all the assignments in the grade they got. On the teacher end, it kind of looks like a regular teacher grade book where you have all the assignments and all the kids. Um, depending on your grade book system, you might have the ability to automatically link a Google Classroom grade to your grade system. So the system I use, GradeLink, actually has a Google Classroom import feature where if you can get your administrator to turn it on for you, you can automatically link it. So when you grade in Google Classroom, it will automatically upload those grades to your gradebook so you don't have to keep transferring grades, which is really nice. Yeah, that has to make grade cards so much faster to complete. Yeah, definitely. And then you could also, one of the things I use a lot is you can change the point value anytime and you can also make assignments ungraded. So let's say you said something was five points and then you changed your mind. You can always go in and change it. And then if you, you know, give homework that's maybe completion or you want them to do it, but it's not going to be counted as a grade, there's also that option in there too. So it'll just say ungraded and that tells you and the kids, you know, you need to do this. It's not, it might not be point value. So it also has that as well. Perfect. So Google Classroom is pretty user-friendly. It's pretty easy to understand how to make it work, but there's a lot of specific tricks you can do to help really make a quality Google Classroom. The first thing I want to talk about is organization, because if you're anything like me, I could see my Google Classroom just being a hot mess of random materials where students get so confused, because that's just kind of how my brain works. <laughs> so one thing you can do is use topics to organize information by chapter, topic, or module. So you can include all the assignments and all the information in each chapter or topic so that it's really accessible and really easy for students to find. Next, to help organize, you can add due dates to all your assignments. So in the calendar, it will show students when they're assigned. And in their to-do list, it will tell each student when those assignments are due. With my students, in my experience, they love the to-do list. Because the nice thing about the to-do list is it will show all classes in one big to-do list. And it's in chronological order. So they can see what's due today, what's due tomorrow, what's due a week from now. And they can kind of organize and prioritize in that way. And I teach middle school and a lot of times that's a skill they're still learning. So the to-do list is definitely helpful. Yeah. And it breaks down assignments to show things that are missing and things that are done. So I know I have so many students email me asking, what work am I missing? What work do I still have to do? So that is such a great option to just have one place that students can go and they can see everything that they are missing and still have to do. And if the parents do enroll and they're attached to the student's account, they can choose to get once a week emails where it lets the parents know anything that's missing. So it'll give them a missing work list. And I know a lot of parents like to use that as well. Yeah, that sounds like such an easy way to communicate with parents. Um, the other thing that is really cool that I have come to love and use all the time is the reuse feature. So if you're going to make an assignment or a material, when you click on that button, there's also a reuse button. And when you click on that, it will actually allow you to access all your previous classes and all your previous assignments. 
And when you click reuse an assignment, it basically duplicates that assignment into the new class that you're in. So let's say you made a Google quiz last school year and you want to use it again this year. Instead of remaking the same assignment, you can click reuse and duplicate it. And this is especially helpful if you have multiple sections of the same course. You can just quickly quickly use the reuse button so you only have to make the assignment once. Yeah, that would be very frustrating to have to go through and make the same assignments for all your different classes. So it does sound like it's going to take a little bit more work because you do have to go into each section and add it. But it, I imagine it doesn't take very long to actually um, assign each of those. No, not at all. So there's also a lot of great tips while using Google Forms for your quizzes. So I know you mentioned earlier that when you add a quiz through Google Classroom, it will automatically add that quiz to the gradebook and enter the grades as long as it's self-grading. Tell me if I'm wrong, Robin, but you will have to go in and, and add points for question types or you have to grade them yourself. Is that true? Yes, when you grade the quiz, it will automatically send that grade to the gradebook in Google Classroom. Okay. Um, my favorite part about using quizzes in Google Classroom is that you can turn on locked mode, which will make it so that students cannot change tabs when they're on the quiz. And if they do, it will send you an email alerting you when they left the quiz and then when they resumed that tab. So this will be so helpful, especially if you're giving a test so that you can hold students accountable that they're using their own knowledge to answer the questions on the quiz. Now it does only work if students are working on their Chromebooks and they also have to be logged into their school email address. So as long as you have those resources available, that would be such a great feature to use if you are distance learning, because I know that's that's so hard. Um, and it's something I've experienced where I have students take tests, but I can only tell if they are looking up information if I'm on GoGuardian with them taking the test. But that's that's not always possible when you're working asynchronously. Exactly. And the other cool thing about quizzes and forms, I don't know if we mentioned it, is you can turn them on and off. So like you can, let's say you want them all to have the quiz done by two o'clock. You can go in at two o'clock and make the form no longer accessible. So if maybe you were trying to give a timed test, it is possible to give a timed test doing it that way as well. Oh, that's awesome. So some tips and tricks that I have for assignments. Um, when you make an assignment, it will add a folder called classroom, like math class or classroom, science, whatever you're doing, and it will automatically go into your Google Drive in your email account. And then it will add, anytime you make an assignment, it will add a folder for that assignment. So if you're trying to find all your students' essays for English class, it will have them all automatically in your drive, which is really nice. Um, also, when students turn in an assignment, one of the nice features is once they hit the submit button, they can no longer edit at any Google Form or Google Doc or Google Slides that was turned into that assignment. So basically what happens is the teacher and the student are co-owners, but once they hit submit, just the teacher is the owner. So unless they unsubmit it or you've graded it, 
they can't edit it. So a student can't turn something in and then try to finish it after turning it in. That's a great way to help hold students accountable too. Another feature that Google Classroom has is originality reports, which will check for plagiarism. So when you're creating an assignment, you can check the box that says check plagiarism. And if you have the free version, you can only do this five times in each class. So you will have to be mindful of which assignments you're going to use this for. But students can run the report and it will show them if their text is copied from other sources. And then you'll also be able to see that as well. So it's great for teaching students to check to make sure that their work is original. And it's great for teachers because you can see if students were just copying and pasting information as well. This is something that I have noticed my students doing a lot recently. For some reason, whenever we have assignments, they're really liking to go to Google and find answers and not use the resources that I'm providing them. So I could definitely see myself using this feature just to help students understand this needs to be in your own words. So that would be a, a really great way for them to check themselves to make sure that they're producing quality work. And I think it's really convenient for teachers too, because I mean, as a teacher, if you're grading a hundred papers, you know, it's not going to be easy to take the time to really check for that. So it's kind of like a really nice convenient thing for teachers too. Yeah, absolutely. It will also tell you where that text is from. So you can tell students, look, I noticed this is from this website. So they can't try to say, no, I didn't copy it because you can actually see the website that they used. <laughs> Another tip for assignments is that you can assign work to the whole class, to individuals, or to groups of students. So this is a great tool to help with differentiation because you don't have to give every student the same assignment. So you can allow opportunities for really individualized learning to give students exactly what they need to help them exactly where they are in their learning and in their instruction. I definitely use this one a lot. For example, I had one student that was online for a while, and so I was able to go in Google Classroom and just assign the assignments to him. I've also used this when I break them up into small groups. So I can assign different groups of students different assignments. And then to the students, they don't necessarily notice it, which is kind of nice. Sometimes it's hard to not put kids in groups and then feel like, which group am I in? You know, what level am I at? But when they're all in Google Classroom and all watching videos or all doing something that looks the same, then it kind of makes them feel a little more confident that they're all, it looks like they're all doing the same thing, but maybe it's just a little bit leveled to what they're ready for. Yeah, that's awesome. So the next tip we're going to talk about has to do with notifications. So this pertains mostly to what parents can see. So parents have the option in their settings when they link to Google Classroom to receive daily or weekly email updates. Um, and these email updates will share student grades, student progress. Teachers do need to turn on this feature before parents can access it. So make sure you go into your settings to check that parents have this ability before asking the parents to do it. Some of the things that parents can see when you allow this is they can get emails with missing work. They can get emails with upcoming work, so the most upcoming assignments. They can see all the announcements and questions you posted. And this is really good to use as a daily or weekly update. So if parents are asking 
you know, how do I find out my students' assignments? Where can I go? You can recommend them to sign up for those emails. And I actually have had a few parents email me asking about specific assignments that they got notified that were missing. So I do know that this does work for a lot of families. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know my team sends a weekly newsletter that tells parents what we're doing that week um, and what to really expect and if there's any materials that they'll need. So it sounds like this could kind of replace having to send out a weekly newsletter because they're getting all of that same information. Especially with how it shows announcements, you can just make an an announcement to the class and that will automatically be relayed to parents every week. Yeah, I think it's great for, especially for schools that, you know, maybe don't have any other way of communication besides email or besides paper. I think this is a really good option. Absolutely. And it's good to know that you have experience with parents actually checking it um, and, and inquiring about those missing assignments. So Robin, is there anything else that you can think of with your experience using Google Classroom that we haven't really talked about? I think the only thing I would say is just continually look in your settings because Google loves to update and add new things. They really take in teacher feedback to add new things. So every year, almost every month, they add new things in. So I would just recommend every once in a while going into your settings and checking to see what new cool things are in there that you're able to do. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I really appreciate all of your help writing it. (laughs) You've taught me so much. um, And I appreciate all the insight that you've been able to help me with um, and inform our listeners of. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Robin was not lying when she said that new updates are coming out every month. Since Robin and I recorded this podcast, there have already been new updates released. So I do want to detail a few of the new Google Classroom features that will be rolling out here pretty soon. First is rubrics. You will now be able to attach and reuse rubrics on different assignments. Next, Google Classroom will also allow add-ons, so as other third-party companies create new features on Google Classroom, you will be able to add those on to your own Google Classroom. Also, administrators will now be able to automatically sync your rosters to Google Classroom. So as students enter or leave your class, your roster will automatically update with those students. Another feature that will be great for teachers who are teaching online is it will track student engagement. So not only will you be able to see when students turn in assignments, you will also be able to see what engagements they are having within Google Classroom, such as commenting on a post. Another great new feature is that Google Classroom will be available offline. So students can complete assignments, add Google documents, all without internet connection, and all their work will sync as soon as they have internet again. Finally, Google Classroom will allow you to have rich text formatting. So you'll now be able to bold, italicize, underline, add bullet points, on all of the text included in Google Classroom, which was not something available before. 
So hopefully all these features will be available soon and will help you to have an effective Google Classroom. Thank you all so much for listening. Please share how you are using Google Classroom with the To Teach With Tech community on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The username is the number two, Teach With Tech. I cannot wait to see all the strategies that you are using to have an effective online classroom. Next episode, we will look at how to stay organized online. If you have any specific questions you want addressed or you want to share your strategies, please email me at the number two, teachwithtech at gmail.com. Make sure to tell your friends and colleagues if you are loving this podcast. A review would also be extremely helpful in getting the word out. Remember, if you screenshot and send your review to the number two, teachwithtech at gmail.com, or you tag the podcast on your social media, you will win a free So You Want to Teach with Technology sticker. I cannot wait to chat with you next time, but until then, just keep teaching with technology.